Hi and welcome back to the Jubilee Plus podcast. I'm Abby Thomas and today I'm bringing you another seminar from the wonderful Churches That Change Communities Conference from 2023. Today's seminar is from Steph Liston. Steph, along with his family and a small team, planted Revelation Church London in 2006 and he now serves as an elder there and he will be sharing about changing the culture of the church. Hello everyone, good to see you. Um, so I'm going to just explain how we're going to go about this just so you, you get a sense of it. I'm, I'm going to leave a good time for Q&A because probably the reality is all of you are here because you read the same title. But how you discern what elements of culture need to change will probably be vary a fair bit um, across the room. So I want to make sure there's some Q&A. We've got 45 minutes in total. Am I right? The whole thing. Yeah. So probably give the last 15 minutes to that. Um, and uh, I've forgotten the other thing I was going to say. So that's that. Uh, and then what I'm going to do, I'm going to spend a little bit of time just talking about what culture is, just a very brief introduction, and then hopefully get into the, the meat of it. And um, maybe if you turn in your Bibles ready to 1 Samuel chapter 14, then we'll be ready to, when we get into that, we'll, then you're, you're, already kinda, you're already there. So I'll pray while you're turning there in the Bible. And um, Lord, we just commit this time to you thank you that you are with us uh, we really love you lord and we just want to we want to grow what we want thank you for your uh, desire for your church to come to maturity and we're part of that that involves us maturing and growing and helping others and the body building itself up in love all of all of that we love the vision of it lord and just pray please guide my words guide my heart and my mind as i speak I pray, Lord, for all those that are listening, you would give them ears to hear what you are saying and what you are saying to them, I pray. We honour you, Lord, and we love you. Amen. Amen. So what is culture? Well, I did a, cult, I did a, I did a, a sociology A-level, um, which obviously is not, um, it could, I could have gone a lot further than that, but it's a, it gives us a, a pretty helpful, basic, working title of what culture is. The way it was described in my A-level sociology class was this. It's your, your norms, your values and your beliefs. Together, those things create a culture. So what is normal? What you consider to be normal behavior, normal conduct, normal stuff. What you value, what you think, now this matters. This really matters to us. We've got to fight for this, things we're hearing about this morning. We really care about this. It's different from an ideal. We can, we can, we can all articulate ideals, but a value is when you really, it really matters. And beliefs, what you consider to be true, what you consider to be false. And these things all feed into one another and help form uh, each other. And then what you end up with is an atmosphere. You end up with a, a sense of among a group of people, it feels a certain way. Okay, And invisibly underneath that felt experience are these things that are working, that are being worked into people's hearts. Norms, values, beliefs, it's been built in and it dictates the way a certain group of people feel when you walk in the room, the impact that it has on you and, and the like. And so that's what I'm talking about when I talk about the culture of the church, the norms, what is normal for this congregation? What do we really value? What do we deeply believe? And how that impacts what it's like to be a part of or stepping into and visiting this uh, particular group of people. So that's the that's the model that we're going to be working with, um, with this uh, 
with this seminar, the air that is breathed, if you like. Now, I wasn't expecting to do what I'm going to do for the next five or ten minutes or so, but felt specifically prompted by the Holy Spirit to do this. So I'm, I'm going with that, which I'm sure you're, you're glad to know uh, until maybe I get into the content. But um, the headline of this first bit is this, you can change a culture badly by dot, dot, dot. So we're all probably here thinking, what can we do to kind of make things more? You know, to improve this so we can be more like Christ-like, more like New Testament. And that's the, these, this is exactly the aspiration. But you have to look at both sides of the coin because there's a sober side to this in terms of the impact that we can have as individuals negatively on the culture of your church. And so things, just going to name a few things, disengagement. When you disengage with something... That impacts the culture. So many people in the church do not believe their presence there matters. So they're dissing, they're, 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 it's 50-50. But, of course, what if everyone thought like that? We'd be in trouble, wouldn't we? So disengagement, so standoffishness, that, that can negatively create a culture of apathy, half-heartedness, and the like. And I guess what I'm doing in this, in this first chunk is I, I guess I'm kind of you know, looking to, I guess, speak into your hearts, but also give you stuff when you're thinking about those people that you are leading in your setting. I, I would say bitterness. The Bible says a bitter root can defile many. If you're carrying some kind, you've held on to something bitter. Um, see, the thing is, the thing that things that are in the heart, they overflow, don't they? How do they, over, how do they overflow? Speech. And so if there's, if there's bitterness, it can defile many, Hebrews says. It has a, sometimes people, they, they don't even really, not, they don't have the self-awareness. Or maybe they're not walking closely with the Lord and, you know, looking for the Spirit to convict them. They don't realize and they actually shape church with their opinions, which when you get underneath it is shaped by their own bitterness. So it's really important that we sort of do the heart work um, to avoid such things cynicism the rolling of the eyes yeah the rolling of the eyes powerful horrible are you an eye roller powerful and horrible yeah we've got to be honest about these things these things impact you know if i know i'm with an eye roller i have to get over as a leader i have to get over stuff there have been times i've sat down and my wife said you didn't preach you preached, but you didn't preach. Right? There's one too many eye rollers in the room. And I lost, my, I lost my courage. Now that's my issue, but we've all got our part to play. And so beware that kind of... That, these are powerful spiritual things. Um, we, don't wanna, we don't deal in superficialities. The powerful spiritual things. A prideful attitude. I could do better. You don't know. <laughs> there are, there are, there are, I would say that there are there's a really important twin seminar to this seminar this afternoon, which is about um, you know developing a fruitful relationship with your church leaders. That's a twin seminar to this. I'm not going to go into that in depth because that's happening there, but that's that's a really important. They, they go hand in hand, really. But I'm going to not go there too much because that's happening. So there's that one. Um, maybe you're here particularly because you're thinking our church culture is. 
95% middle class and it needs to be more working class. There's a seminar about that. So there's things I'm not going to go into that are more specific because they're being taken care of. I'm talking in generalities at the moment. But a pride for that, an attitude of I could do better than that. I remember when I was, before I was leading a church, being in a church and, you know, the church was trying its best to sort of connect connect the people in the local church to the wider family of New Frontiers, you know, back in, this is a bit back in the 1990s. And I'd be sitting there thinking, God, man, I could do so much better than this. I mean, you know, God, have mercy on, on me. And then fast forward 10 years and you're thinking, man, this is really hard. <laughs> How do I convince, you know, this church to connect meaningfully into this wider family? Really, you can look on and you, you know, and you should be aware of that. These are things that don't help the culture uh, bad attitude to authority. When I first got saved, I, I, I did not know what to do around authority. It took me years. God's sense of humor giving me some authority. <laughs> but it really took me years. I would freeze up. I would lash out. I would do stupid stuff because I just I, I felt weird around it. And many of us have, have a journey to go on in terms of learning how to relate healthily to authority, which begins with learning how to relate to him as Lord. And then we, we, we learn from there and God in his mercy provides us with good people. But these kinds of things, I'm just wanting to highlight before we get into you know, the, the, the positives, that there are things that we've got to guard our heart against, haven't we? Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, above all else, guard your heart, right? Because everything flows out of that. And it, it can be like yeast, um, which can affect the whole loaf. It can be obvious, it can be subtle. But if it's unchecked in the heart, it will come out of the mouth and will have a negative impact on the culture. So I just want to put that before you, before we get into the positive side. And, you know, if the Holy Spirit is just kind of tapping on your heart with it, please attend to it. Please talk to the Lord about it. Renounce, confess, repent. Tell someone else, confess your sins to each other and be healed, you know. So I just want to say that. I know it's not like swinging from the chandelier stuff, but it's really, really important. It really matters, and I felt specifically that was not part of my plan initially. Well, let's now now then turn, um, look at the story of Jonathan and his armor bearer, and then we're going to pull out some principles from here in terms of uh, culture, changing the culture. Um, Verse 1, one day Jonathan, the son of Saul, said to the young man who carried his armor, let us go over to the Philistine garrison on the other side, but he didn't tell his father Saul was standing in the outskirts of Gibeah in the pomegranate cave at Migron. The people who were with him were about 600 men, including Ahijah, the son of Ahitub, Ichabod's brother, son of Phineas, son of Eli, the priest of the Lord in Shiloh, wearing an ephod. And the people didn't know what Jonathan had, that Jonathan had gone. Right. Within the passes by which Jonathan sought to go over to the Philistine garrison, there was a rocky crag on one side and a rocky crag on the other side. Verse 6, Jonathan said to the young man who carried his armor, come let us go over to the garrison on these, of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing can hinder the Lord from saving by many or by few. And his armor bearer said to him, do all that is in your heart, do as you wish. Behold, I'm with you, heart and soul. Then Jonathan said, behold, we'll, we'll cross over to the men, and we'll show ourselves to them. If they say to us, wait until we come up to you, then we'll, we will stand in, your pl- in, your, in our place and we will not go up to them. But if they say, come up to us, then we'll go up for the Lord. It's given them into our hand and this shall be the sign to us. So both of them showed themselves to the garrison of the Philistines and the Philistines said, look, Hebrews are coming out of the holes where they've hidden themselves and the men of the garrison hailed Jonathan and his armor bearer and said, come up to us and we'll show you a thing. 
And Jonathan said to his armor bearer, come up after me for the Lord has given them into the hand of Israel. Then Jonathan climbed up on his hands and feet and his armor bearer after him and they fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer killed them after him. And that first strike which Jonathan and his armor bearer made killed about 20 men within, as it were, half a furrow's length in an acre of land. And there was a panic in the camp, in the field, and among all the people. The garrison and even the raiders trembled. The earth quaked. It became a very great panic. And the watchmen of Saul in Gibeah of Benjamin looked, and behold, the multitude was dispersing there, here and there. And then Saul said to the people who were with him, Count and see who has gone from us. And when they counted, behold, Jonathan and his armor bearer were not there. So Saul said to Ahijah, Bring the ark of God here. For the ark of God went at that time with the people of Israel. Now, while Saul was talking to the priest, the tumult in the camp of the Philistines increased more and more. So Saul said to the priest, withdraw your hand. Then Saul and all the people who were with him rallied and went into the battle. And behold, every Philistine's sword was against his fellow. And there was very great confusion. Now, the Hebrews who had been with the Philistines before that time and who had gone up with them into the camp, even they also turned to be with the Israelites who were with Saul and Jonathan. Likewise, when all the men of Israel who had hidden themselves in the hill country of Ephraim, heard that the Philistines were fleeing. They too followed hard after them in the battle. So the Lord saved Israel that day, and the battle passed beyond Beth-Avon. Fantastic story. And um, you might be thinking, what's this got to do with culture change? Well, at this point, the Israelite army are at a low ebb. There's not many swords. And we know that the Israelites are hiding, really. They're, they're, they're timid, they're afraid, they're hiding. Um, it's not, it's not, a, it's not a, a moment of great heights. It's very, very much the opposite. And, um, you know, we all know about Saul's difficulties in terms of his leadership. They hadn't come to fruition yet, but, you know, Saul's in charge of the army. Jonathan is his son. And if you take one thing away from this seminar today, when thinking about positive culture change, I want to talk to you about the word courage. Because I am convinced that it is a myth that somehow on one particular day, without individual or small scale courage somehow corporately in the church the culture is going to just change that is not how culture changes that moment doesn't come what happens is is that someone gets something in their heart that is in line with you know it's not just doing their own thing they are part of this thing you know Jonathan submitted to Saul all of that go to the seminar this afternoon okay so, but, but Jonathan doesn't lead the army Saul leads the army he's, you know he's obviously the son of the king but he's not leader of the army and but there is this moment of breakthrough where there's courage to press into something that Jonathan in his heart felt this isn't how it should be we're the people of God we should be victorious this is not, this low ebb is not the heart of God. And so often in our churches, right, you think this part of our church culture, it's not how it should be. Doesn't reflect the kingdom. It's to this or it's not enough this. And you know it and you see it in your heart and you, and you feel it in your heart. And I want to suggest to you that in that moment, the key thing is not to begin campaigning about why things need to change, but, begin, but learn how to embody the change that needs to happen. That's what Jonathan does. We shouldn't be hiding. We shouldn't be in defeat mode. We are the people of God. We've got the promises of God. This is not okay. Okay? 
So what we're going to do? Well, we're we're going to we're going to we're going to do. We are going to act in a way. We're going to step out, trusting in God, and act in a way as if actually we believe this is this is what the Lord wants. We're going to embody it. And in my experience, that is how culture changes. People embody something, and in doing so spiritually, there's like a there's like a it like it knocks down like a wall or a stronghold. Something's knocked down in that. And it, notice how the story ends with the whole army, people coming out of hiding in the pursuit because it knocks a hole in it for people to go through. Okay, so in, in that sense, I suppose my, I'm going to look at some of the principles from the story, but that is my main exhortation. What, what has brought you into this room? What element of the culture in your church needs to change? Okay, why don't we write that? Okay, write it down. What has brought you into this room? Not the question, write down the answer. <laughs> what, what element of the culture in your church needs to change? Put it to words. Or how, how you know, you're about to plant a church or you're, you're on the edge of something. How do you, what, what, what needs to be different from last time? What, what is it? What kingdom thing? So important that we move out of vagueness and this is, this is the thing that is making my heart race faster. This is the kingdom thing. God has burdened me with this. If this is my one thing, I'm okay with that. Yeah? Some, you know, that's okay. Some of us, God puts one thing in it. What is it? And then what will it take to embody that? What, what will it involve to embody that new way to embody that? And the answer is not campaigning. I'm talking about embodying. It's really, 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 this, you know, that's, if you can, if you, if everyone leaves this room with one thing where they're going, there's, God has given me a courageous step to embody. That's, that's phenomenal. I mean, I'm a happy man. It's a good seminar. <laughs> Regardless of if you liked it or not, trust me, that's a good seminar. You've gone away with something too. Embody. I'm just going to say a few more things about this, um, just to kind of pack it out a little bit, add a little bit more um, to it. There wasn't a presumptuousness or a cockiness in Jonathan's spirit. It was, pr- it was prayerful. Right, we're going to do that, and if that's that, then it's a sign from God. It was very aware. Okay, we we feel we think this is a God thing. So he's talking to his armor bearer. So we're going to say that if they say that. We know God's with us. If they don't, then we know now's not the time. So there's not that kind of fleshly pushing. Do you know what I mean? Not that kind of that kind of thing where you you just you're just frustrated or you're just well, why not? You know that is not that. There's a before God. It's prayer. It's kind of prayerful. It's we're looking for what's the hand of God doing. We're trying to read the moments spiritually. Okay, so so important. Most, the, the, the level of activism at this conference will be through the roof because of what the conference is about. So it's so important that you learn to approach things spiritually so you don't become just activists. Yeah, but you're spoiling. What, what's God doing? See, there's this discernment. Lord, what is it? Am I on the right track, see, Lord? Well, well, bit of a fleece moment. Yeah, all right, okay. But then, you know, when the moment came, it actually involved, you know, what was it, like scaling a slope on their hands and knees? And, you know, it was it involved... 
It involved vulnerability. It involved courage. It involved all that, all that stuff, <laughs> all the stuff. Um, shall I tell, I'll tell you what, I tell, who hasn't heard the stick banging story from me? Most of you. Who has? Apologies. <laughs> it's not in the notes, but it's a helpful example. It's a helpful example. When we were already, it sounds, it's freaky, right? This is a freaky one. When we was planting the church, I got someone to give me this stick thing. It's kind of a fancy stick. I don't know if they meant it in a spiritual way. I don't know if it was a stick. Went to plant a church. I had no idea how to do it. You know, it was all exciting on day one. Day two, it's like, how do you do this? You know, and, um, and I felt just a bit of a leading from the Lord to the story of Moses with the stick, you know, his staff, like whack it in the sea, the sea opens. That thing started kind of going around my head. And I'd heard this prophetic this story from like this prophetic group about, I don't know, they, God had promised them some sort of plot of land and I, it was just years and years it wasn't coming through and then God told one of the prophets, go and whack a stick on the ground. He did it, a demon manifested, they cast it out, they got the land, all that stuff. Well, okay, I don't know, but you know, who knows? You know, it sounds, sounds exciting. So that stuff started swirling around my head and, and, and then I felt the Lord maybe like lead me to, to go and do such a thing on Camden High Street and I'm like, oh no. Like literally, put yourself in my shoes. Right? Oh no. Yeah, I'm leading the church front. We've got 12 adults. They have got some level of trust in me at this point. See, I'm panicking now, thinking this, this, is gonna, this is the end of the church plant. It's just started, and this is the end of it. But I felt, no, I've got to do this. So uh, I was going to take it to the, to the, to the, to the our little group, midweek group, totally bottled it. Couldn't bring myself to say it. Sitting in bed that night, and I'm reading the story, I'm reading through Samuel, and the story of Saul when he starts to fear man. You know, people start leaking so he does what the prophet has said don't do because he's fear of man and it was like god closing on me is this church plant here's the thing culture what's the foundation of this church plant fear of god or fear of man culture moment fear of god fast forward next week guys we're gonna this is what we're gonna go and do. we're gonna go to cameron high street i'm gonna flip him whack that stick and i don't really know other than i feel the lord said that we should do it and if we're gonna whack it we're gonna whack it properly so none of that sort of you know we're going to go for it. So I need some people that are going to stop the traffic, blah, blah, blah. So half came with me, half stayed to pray, who just didn't want to go. <laughs> I, gave them a, I gave them a get out. If you want to stay and pray, that's fine, you know. So we went over, they stopped the traffic, went for it, you know. Um, now, I'll tell you a good story about that in a minute in terms of, oh, God confirming it was the right thing to do. But I tell you, something was sorted out in my heart. I was like Jonathan Clamber on his hill, hands and knees going, what the, why, God, surely there's, you know, like Nemo, there must be another way, you know, me finding Nemo. It's like, not this. But God was dealing with something in my heart around the fear of man. What's the foundation of this church? Like, it's got to be fear of God, yeah, you know. And it's, so those moments which create that kind of breach, that it's not comfortable. It's just not comfortable. The good little story is this, I think it was a week later, uh, well, previous to this whole thing, I've been reading the newspaper of uh, a man who got shot in a nightclub in Camden. And uh, I remember just one of those moments of going, God, how are we going to reach this area? Just that sense of overwhelmed hope, like, what are we, we going to do? And that was it. You know, it was as spiritual as it got. Just like, <sighs> a week after we banged the stick, I'm walking past the exact spot. The exact spot. A woman walks opposite me with this handbag. And over the handbag is this, she's got this quite a fancy kind of padlock thing, like a designer padlock thing. I noticed it, felt God take to me straight away, she's all locked up. And I'm like, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no. 
did a few more steps of disobedience, you know, and it's like, ah, oh, okay. So I went back and said, I'm really sorry, it's going to sound really weird, but I'm a Christian and I just walked past you, I saw that, I felt God say, you're all locked up, does that mean anything? Well, we get talking, she's the girlfriend of the guy that got shot in the nightclub. Now, you know, we talked a bit about Jesus, I gave him my number, it never, went, never came to anything, but it was a really helpful confirmation from the Lord, you know, I'm in this stuff, and you don't always know what it's about. But even if you, even if, even when you don't quite know what it does in the heavenly realm, in that sense, you know what it does in your heart. And so these culture change moments ain't quite, they require courage, boldness, and to embody that thing. If you, some people, they, 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 they one of the things you learn as a leader, some people come to you and say, we should pray more as a church. And you go, wow, yeah, that's a really great thing to say, and I totally agree. And you go, okay, we should have more early morning prayer meetings. Sometimes as a leader, you can get backed into a corner by such stuff. And my experience is, is that when you then start the extra morning prayer meeting, that person is never there. That person never comes. Why? Well, because for th they're campaigning for an ideal. They're not embodying a value. They're different things. They are different. If you care about it that much, do it. Get some stories. Share the stories. People will mobilize in the church around those stories. The culture of the church will change. It's a very different model from campaigning. So I think it's really important that we understand these dynamics if we're going to really say, no, that, that, this really matters to me. Okay, then do it. Okay? Then do it. You haven't got to start a program. We're experts. We've got to start this and do it every two weeks. No, just do it. See what God does. They, Jonathan didn't start. We're going, to, we're going to climb this thing and do this, and then next month we're going to do it on that hill over there. No. But this is a moment in God. He's going to do it. God broke through. It was a victory. And we can get bogged down in all over-organizing and this, that, and the other, rather than massaging into the life of the church the embodiment of Holy Spirit-empowered, godly ways through exemplary lives, through doing stuff. So I think it's so important that we take that into account. Please don't be sitting and thinking, oh, I thought we were going to talk about how we can change the church. I am. I love the story of, you know, the story of the uh, homeless person who came along to church and they uh, got, needed somewhere to stay and the family in the church took them in and had, had them staying with them for a week and then the family from, in the church, you know, arranged to see the pastor and they said, look, pastor, we're not happy about this. Pastor says, what's the problem? He says, look, this homeless guy comes to church. We've had him living with our ha in our house for the last week. We thought the church was going to do something. The pastor says, I think the church did. I think the church did. And we can get into this overly programmatic obsession with things rather than embodied living out of kingdom culture values, which is extraordinarily powerful and doesn't require loads of rotors. Hallelujah. <laughs> but it's in line. But here's this is really important. What Jonathan did was entirely in line with the goals of the army. Okay, these, they were at war with the Philistines. Okay, so we're going to attack the Philistines. So it's totally in line with what the king is doing. It's totally in line with what the God-ordained authority, oversight authority in the church is doing. Okay, 
So it, it, in that sense, there's that, there's that submissive spirit. This is what we're about. We know that we've heard this from the leaders. My spirit says, amen, I, I testify, this is God's stuff. So it's not kind of just stuff out there that's going to cause problems for the church leaders. No, not in, in that way. But, it's, it, but ne- nevertheless, it doesn't involve you leaning on the leader to do this, that, and the other. More of that later with Natalie and Paul. Um, how are we doing? Okay. Um, I love the fact that Jonathan's with his armor bearer. So there's a disciple-making dynamic to it straight away. He's not out on his own. Yeah, I would have loved to have just gone to Camden High Street at 3am by myself. No traffic around. I haven't got to tell anyone in the church. <laughs> yeah. no, so, you know, just who are you? Who's alongside you? Should we, should, we learn, should we do this together? Should we step out more in this element of kingdom culture? Feel my heart stirring. I love this. I'm a bearer. Do whatever's in your heart. I'm with your heart and soul. Someone who, people like that, maybe one or two, two or three that you're just, you've got alongside you. We really want to, come on, we want to, you know, we want to see more breakout of, of healing. Let's start, when we get, let's start doing that. Or, or on the streets or in our gatherings, we're going to just, come on, you know, just that thing of it's together. It's not you doing your thing all by yourself. There's a, there's a team element to it, which is important, but it's, it's manageable. It's not, oh, I'm now going to create a team. No, 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 come on. It's organic. Okay, who's, who's alongside me? Right, let's, do, do you feel this too? Let's pray into it and let's do it. Um, I love the fact that it's just one thing, focusing on one thing at a time. We're going to scale that hill and we're going to rout the Philistines. Okay, what, like I said at the, at the, at near the start, what's the one thing? What are you living with? What are you burning with? What's the thing God's burdening your heart with? You might be able to name 10 areas where the culture of the church isn't as you would wish, fine. Listen, read the New Testament. It's always been that way and it always will. Okay? It's always a pickle. Yeah, it's really important to understand that otherwise you develop a naive, idealistic view of church life. You want to get back to early church life? We want to be like the early church. We'll just read the New Testament. You might think again. Okay, it's much more pickle than us in so many ways. So, in that sense, don't, don't become a busybody. It's not godly. Yeah. What's God, what has God burdened your heart? The, now, okay, I genuine, this is the heart of God. Rather than that needs fixing, that needs fixing. Now, we all know what needs fixing. Um, and the final thing, you know, just I, I just want to say something on this very quickly. I mentioned it earlier, but, you know, we're, we're looking for the hand of God. It would be stretching the story too, too far to say this is a story about prayerfulness. But there was a sensitivity to what's God doing, we're on the lookout, and so I want to just add on to that. Be prayerful in all that you do. Um, when there are elements in the church culture that are not kingdom and are not godly, there are spiritual powers behind that. Okay, we're not battling flesh and blood. There are demonic influences trying to get footholds, snake their way into the church poison you know so go go in prayerfully for goodness sake we don't believe this anywhere near as deeply as we should (laughs) okay we all tick it theologically i'm not sure if we actually believe it because if you believe it you will attend to it with vigilance you'll attend to it with like gusto this is real you know there might be troublesome people holding things back but there's other there's invisible stuff going on there that we hallelujah we we've got authority divine our weapons are divinely powerful amen for destroying strongholds for 
God can make a way. So oh, suddenly that person's heart just softened or whatever it might be. So please want to urge you to be prayerful. Thanks so much to Steph Liston. And you can find out more about him by clicking on the show notes attached to this podcast episode. And thanks for joining us today at the Jubilee Plus podcast. Make sure you subscribe to hear more content from this year's Churches That Change Communities conference as it's released over the coming weeks. And we love it when you recommend us to a friend. See you soon. Underneath the shelter of-